from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, it's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Open phones this hour at 888-825-5225. Multiple number one best-selling author and Ramsey personality, Rachel Cruz. My daughter is my co-host today. Open phones here. You jump in. We'll talk about your life and your money. Victor is with us in Irvine, California. Hi, Victor. How are you? I'm doing well, Dave. How are you? Better than I deserve. What's up? Hi. So, um... Three years ago, me and my wife um, was buying a life insurance policy from our father-in-law. Uh, we both make a pretty good income, but essentially we're like three years in now, and I've just, I know we've maxed out our 401k, our Roth IRA, but I was talking to my father-in-law, and he essentially said it's like a good tax-free investment um, that we can do with our custom whole life policy. Um, and since we already maxed out our 401k and our Roth IRA, and, um, we even like bought a house recently, we're just not sure if that's like the best way moving forward to put our money in at least with our extra money. So that's our situation. Um, Victor, you've been married three years, you said? Yeah, we've been married for about three years. Yeah. Okay. All right. So you're in your mid-20s, I assume. Yeah, me and my wife are both uh, 27, so we got married around 24. Okay. Um, well, uh, I have to give you full disclosure here, okay? I have been trashing whole life policies and people who sell them for 30 years as being one of the biggest possible ripoffs in the financial world. So if you say Dave Ramsey to your father-in-law, his face is going to melt off. <laughs> I know. I, I was afraid of bringing that up to him. I would not, <laughs> I would not suggest you do that. <laughs> Uncle, Uncle Dave would suggest you don't do that to yourself with your father-in-law. I don't think there's anything to be gained by that. Um, so, uh, you know, so basically he, you know, you have a guy in your life that loves you and that believes in right. these products, you have a guy on the radio that loves you and says these products are crap. And so now you've got to decide as a grown man with your grown wife uh, what you guys are going to do and then how to navigate that decision. I would never exactly. recommend that you stay, that you buy something or do something because when you're a grown person because your parents said you had to to keep them happy. I would not do that. Okay. Um, but I would also not recommend that you, uh, damage your relationship with your wife's father. I, I would want mm -hmm. you to be, uh, kind and honoring and really avoid an argument. If I were you, okay. I have family members, for instance, that I've been married for 41 years, Victor. I have family members that vote the wrong way. Oh my gosh. <laughs> They, they don't know how to vote. They pick the wrong party, and they're just dumb about it. And I love them anyway. Oh I love them anyway. And we have family members that have credit cards and that. And, and, and I don't, I lines. don't, I don't, I don't create at Thanksgiving a political argument with people who aren't going to change their minds. 
that I love. Or a financial argument. That I love. Or a financial argument. Yeah. I, I don't, well, I don't give financial advice for pe- to people who don't ask for it. And that includes everyone, family included. People who ask, I will tell you. So for you, Victor, talk so for through Victor, the different, wh- wh- what, why you don't like whole life insurance as an investment. I, I just, well, he knows. He already knows why I don't like it, don't you? Uh, I know that you, you mentioned that like the return over like 30 years is minimal. Yeah, it is. Um, and, and when you die, my, when you die, the money that you have in there is gone. They only pay the right. face amount. And right. there is no such thing as a whole life policy that is tax free if it actually got a rate of return. It is tax free because you are the only way you can get your money out is to borrow your own money. And honey, if you go over at the bank and borrow money, they don't charge you taxes on that either. Right. So, of course, um, it's tax free, but it is not a tax and it is not a tax good tax dodge. It is not a good investment. It is not a good product. Um, but now you, you can research, you know, a bazillion things that we have said about that. And then you've still got this re- deep, relational. horrible relational problem. And uh, I would recommend that you just be kind if you decide to not use this product which, of course, is my recommendation, I would recommend you don't get into an argument with your father-in-law about it. I would just say, you know, we've looked at it, and for us, we've decided to go another direction, and we sure hope, adult to adult, that you'll just respect our decision, even though you think I'm wrong, and I want you to respect my decision. And so, you know, I have a friend who's so stupid that the other day he leased a car, and he's even dumber than that. He drove the car to my house to show it to me. Okay? But I didn't talk to him about car leases. I just went, hey, my friend has a nice car. I'm going to be happy for him. And he's happy about his car. And he didn't ask my opinion. And so I'm not going to just go adult to adult. I'm going to celebrate his adult decision, even though he did a nice thing in a dumb way. You know? Right? Right? I mean, I can yeah, still, uh, I can oh, still be friends oh, with the guy. A hundred percent. So I, I want anything, you, to, I want you to be kind to your even, father-in-law. Yeah. Even, yeah. I think the biggest thing is going to be, it could be, I don't mean, I don't know your father-in-law, but if this is what he does for a living, it's a shot to the ego. I mean, like, yeah, right. Is. I mean, if, I mean, if he believes in it so much, like if what we teach you believe so much that if we can't, you know what I mean? Yeah. It, it's a hard, it would be a hard thing to say <laughs> they're going to go a different direction from what I yeah. not just believe, but the work I do. So just be prepared for that. And you and your wife need to have a lot of conversations, Victor. And She's you guys, really got to be in this. Yeah. Right? And just really dive in. And you guys have to say, okay, what's best for us and find the facts because the facts is what's going to prove it to you, Victor. And you both have to be on that same page and say, okay, this is what we're doing. And I, I totally agree with you. Keep it minimal. I mean, like just say, yeah. Hey, I think and, we're, we're going to pass, um, Gonna, your, your wife has to be able to just look at her dad and which smile. Which will be hard. And smile and say, I love you, and mm-hmm. we're going a different direction. Yeah. You know? Dave, and so, I love you. And we're going a different but direction. But I'm going a different direction. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. You're announcing something on the air? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's, yeah, that this is where the, yeah, the relational factor of it is just... It can be messy, yeah, but, but but it's also a great practice, Victor, for you, you and your wife. You've got to learn to do this yes, anyway. That's right. Uh, over other things, yes, because you know they're they're, they're the otherwise, otherwise you know they're going to interfere when you get ready to name your first child. 
they're going to interfere when you get ready to buy your first house. And they all they're do going, it out of love. And, and no, they do it out of love. They do it out of love. Don't pet me. <laughs> I don't that's, interfere in your. I don't interfere in your kids' names. No, you names. don't. That's what that would be Mimi that does we that. We don't tell our kids' names until they were born. Because you get a baby, Mimi eye roll. We hand the baby to the grandparent and we Just say, "Don't name them Moonbeam." This is a. It's <laughs> all I request. No hippie names. That's oh all goodness. I request. This is the Ramsey Show. You worked hard for your home. It should be a place where you can relax and refocus on your goals. And something as simple as window treatments can make the difference. If you're ready for an upgrade, we've recommended Blinds.com for years, and I've used them myself. That's because with Blinds.com, you don't have to sacrifice your budget, your style, or great service. From blinds, drapes, and shutters to motorized shades, they make it easy and affordable to upgrade your entire home. And they're design experts are always ready to help even with measuring and installation plus there are never any misleading quotes or hidden fees everything is backed by their 100 percent satisfaction guarantee and shipping is always free see for yourself why blinds.com is the number one online retailer of custom window coverings visit blinds.com now to learn more and get up to 50 percent off that's blinds.com rules and restrictions may apply Rachel Cruz, Ramsey personality, is my co-host today. The Ramsey Show question of the day is brought to you by Neighborly, your hub for home services. Go to neighborly.com slash Ramsey today to download their winter maintenance checklist. It's free and full of tips to get your home through the colder months with no issues. Again, you can check it out at neighborly.com slash Ramsey. Today's question comes from Bethany in Texas. I've been married to a lovely man for 15 years who loves me and adores my son. He is the best dad I could have given to my son. The problem is the finances. I make $180,000 as a nurse practitioner while he makes 30000 The issue is not really the money, but his lack of ambition to make more of it. He has so much potential. I recently found him a job, which will double his salary, but he's just not interested. I love him very much. And I need to know, and I need to know how to let him be since I realize I cannot make him want to make more money. I feel like when it comes to the financial part of our marriage, he believes that it is my responsibility. I live in fear knowing that if something happens to me where I die or can no longer work, my family would lose everything. How do I love my husband the way he is since he refuses to change? Bethany. Um, yeah, the the biggest problem I see here, Bethany. Well, number one, I'm glad that you just that you realize you can't control him because you can't. We can't control other people, and the fact that it sounds like you're his mom. I'm like, you went out and found him a job, and you're doing all of these things. You're being proactive, while he's obviously not wanting it. So, so I would say again, the money's not the issue here. A lot of it is fear that if something happens, are 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 you going to be okay? Is your family going to be okay? And so that's the approach I would take with him, not, oh, go double your salary, but it's, hey, this is what it's causing in me, and it's feeling like it's becoming a, it's it's a wedge between you and him. I mean, it just naturally is. And that fear possibly might be in other parts of your marriage and in your life together. And so um, that's the way I would approach it more versus from the money side, more on what it's causing in you. But yeah, I, I feel like it'll be harsher. I, I, than, <laughs> I, I, I read... That you don't respect him. That's what I read. 
and it has nothing to do with the amount of money he makes that causes respect his his lack of personal growth and wanting to do better and wanting to be better he is a lovely lazy man is what i read and you know that's a problem because yeah. that's not going to get you're not going to suddenly get okay with that that's going to deteriorate or improve it's not going to stay right where it is and so uh, I really think that you guys need to sit down with a good marriage counselor, and uh, and then he, the counselor, hopefully can plug him in with some guys, who uh, s- some men, who, who are wanting to improve themselves. Um, it's hard to respect a husband or a wife that doesn't, you know, that wants to sit like a blob, and uh, not improve. I don't mind if somebody makes thirty thousand. Uh, as long as they're on their way to doing the best version of themselves, you know, as long as they're on their way to growing, learning, getting better and so forth. And then the, the symptom of that problem is that if you die, I mean, I don't know how y'all are going to lose. Are you lost? You know, if you became disabled, y'all are going to lose everything. You're right. Because you've set yourself up on a, uh, an unrealistic situation with incomes dependent on you. So. I just I think I think this has gone on for 15 years and you've tolerated it and held your nose because he's nice and maybe the guy before that you had the baby with is not nice mm-hmm. you know yeah and so uh, I don't want him to be not nice but I do want him to uh, go be somebody well and the fact Bethany I feel like he's not hearing you right yeah. I'm like yeah. uh, unless you're not saying anything to him which yeah. would be unhealthy too but I'm like there, there's something there that you don't you don't feel heard. You feel like you're on an island by yourself and you're isolated and all the responsibilities on you. And that's not a marriage. A marriage is a team. You both are working together. Now, naturally, always when it comes to these kind of, uh, not this situation because this is more extreme, but naturally in a marriage, there's always going to be one who's way more excited to do all the budgeting and all the Excel and look at all the numbers and the rate of return. I mean, there's naturally going to be one of you that's more excited than the other with this money stuff. And that's okay. Like that, that is great. But the fact that you guys are not on the same page and you're wanting something else from him that he's not just not even giving you, but also not even giving you the dignity to try to see where you're coming from and meet you even halfway, right? I mean, any level of that give and take doesn't seem to be there. So Jay is with us. Jay is in San Diego. Hi, Jay. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. All right. Thanks for having me. Sure. What's up? So my wife and I are currently saving up to buy a house. um, And her grandma, who she's very close to, just offered to give us a gift of $30,000 to put towards the down payment. Uh, My question is, is is it ethically okay to take this gift knowing that she has siblings, cousins, and uh, her parents who have not been given that same offer of a gift. It's ethically okay um, because it's not your money. It's her money. She gets to decide what she wants to do with her money. Um, And um, But what you're pointing out is is it may piss them off. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. And kind of justifiably so. Yeah. I mean, because there's no intention, as far as you know, for Granny to – like give everybody the same amount, right? Yeah, not not that we know of. I, I think she may, but don't know for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think you. I don't think you have an ethics problem, but you might have a relationship problem when all this comes up to light. 
mm-hmm. because feeling pe- people's not feelings will be hurt really not by you but by your grand by her grandmother right mm-hmm. i mean you didn't do anything yeah but uh um i mean i i i maybe your wife needs to talk to her grandmother and say hey what about when so-and-so finds out and they're angry about this yeah, so her grandma mentioned that she would ideally like to keep it private. I, I just uh, I don't guess know so. if. Yeah. But in my head, it's a gift. I'm like, yeah, to Jay. And I mean, I think you guys just have to be aware that if or when this comes out. Oh, it, it's it's going to come out. It's going to be awkward. It's going to come out when Granny's estate is cleared. Mm-hmm. So, you're, you know, just be prepared that somebody's going to have their feelings hurt later. But does that stop him from taking the gift? No, I don't think so. Um, as long as you're willing to, you know, be ready for your wife's sister to be angry at her dead grandmother someday, how many, right? Oh I mean, gosh, how many, uh, how many grandkids are there? Like, um, there are seven total. Okay. Hmm. Has she, I wonder if she's she done. She wants to keep it private. I know. Yeah. I wonder if she's done other private money gifts. We don't know. Cause so. it's private. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, uh, surface that she had helped out people with um, paying for college mm-hmm. that was supposed to be private mm-hmm. for some of the cousins, but um, that came to, to light. How? Um, I think, I think the, the parents knew um, that grandma was helping out the grandkids and kind of the parents talked. And, and so then all the other grandkids had found out. And they did not get help then. Okay. So granny is yeah. not exactly worried about everything being even, which is granny's prerogative that's okay i don't mind that mm-hmm. a bit um i mean the only place there's fair is at the tilt whirl and the cotton candy right uh so granny gets to do what she wants to do with her money yeah. um you do not have an ethics problem but okay so how did the cousins however the cousins all reacted when the parents talked and the word got out about the college money that is a predictor of how they're going to react when this comes out mm. Are you ready for that? If you're ready for that, game on. And the ga- and, and as yeah. long as this is truly a gift and there are no uh, strings attached of any kind, it's not a loan and Granny has doesn't get to pick out the paint colors or something, she's not in control here of your house purchase because of 30K. If there's no control freak stuff going on, no re- strings attached, and you're willing to accept the blowback that will look similar to when the other gifts came to light then that that's where you are you're okay with that if it's not worth thirty thousand for the drama then walk away this is the ramsey show most break-ins happen when your home is the most vulnerable in the middle of the day when no one is home so i recommend simply safe home security they're the best at what they do protecting your whole home their award-winning system is backed by 24 7 professional monitoring for less than a dollar a day half the cost of traditional home security and my listeners get 20 percent off their system when they sign up for fast protect monitoring at simplysafedirect.com there's no safe like simply safe Rachel Cruz, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. Open phones at 888-825-5225. One of the things you ought to notice, and you'll notice it as a pattern through this show, some hours more than other hours, but certainly in a given week or a given month, you'll see it all the time. Personal finance, one of the things we've discovered at Ramsey years ago, 
that has set us apart from the financial professional financial goobers um, is that we figured out personal finance is 80% behavior. It's only 20% head knowledge. The mathematics of becoming wealthy are really about the sixth grade level. If you can do multiplication, you can understand compound interest. And so it's, it's, it's within your grasp. You don't have to be a, a PhD in mathematics to do it. But the problem with understanding that personal finance is 80% behavior is then you have to think, okay, what affects behavior? And what you're going to always see woven through this show, and you've seen it in the last few callers here, uh, and even the emailer, is behavior is all about relationships. It's not all about it, but I mean, it's one of the relationships, your marriage relationship, your kids, your, your grandmother wants to give you a secret gift <laughs> of not, that your cousins don't know about. I mean, see, none of this has anything to do with math. If you're just doing math, it's like 30000 free dollars, yes. Right, right. But check yes. Check as yes. As George Strait would yeah. want you to do. There you go. Check yes or and no. So, check yes. I mean, you know, mutual funds averaging 11.8% rate of return, check yes. Boom. Just like that. You don't, have, you don't have to think about this stuff. It's just a math answer instantly. The problem is, is that it's not a math answer. You have to anticipate and consider the relational, the spiritual, the emotional, psychological, any components of behavior. If you don't consider those, considering this whole thing is 80% behavior. In other words, the number one thing that screws up people's ability to build wealth is their friends and family or them or your personal behavior yeah it's you it's not your lack of knowledge of some sophisticated financial product it's not that you don't know the secrets of the rich it's your freaking dysfunctional family that put the fun in dysfunctional and that and now throws, you're living out of that <laughs> and that screws up your wealth building more than anything else yeah well i mean it's it's the perspective you have to have in putting money in its proper place in your life and when you realize that money is a tool as i say on my show to create a life you love money is the is the tool for it right but it's your life your life surrounds it or it surrounds your life i'm like it is the thing that touches every area of your life and when you just try to do math you're trying to make it its own thing over here, and it's not. It is It is built into everything. It's built into soccer re- registrations. If you have the money to do soccer for your kids for the fall, it has to do with family trips. That might have it, I mean, just happened. It ha- yeah. yeah, it has to. It flows through life. It's, it's the thing, the currency we have to have to live our life. It's not just the numbers. And so when you realize that, you realize, wow, it does touch every area of our life. And yeah, and the problem with it is... It's us. We say that all the time. It's the guy in the mirror you shave with is what you say. Yep, that's exactly right. And Larry Burkett used to say that money problems are not the problem. They're the symptom yep. of something else that's going on in your life. And yep. so, including when I went broke, it was not because there was some colossal conspiracy against Dave. It's because Dave signed up for a first-class ticket on the stupid ship and went on the entire cruise. There's no question. I mean, Stop stopped at smiling. every port, every port on the stupid ship. And said, and yes, yes, I will, I will you know, that's it. We were there, baby. And, and so, but it was the behaviors that put me there that mm-hmm. left me open to, and, and the character flaws for that matter, not, yeah. not of lack of integrity or and something, I'll but say other this. things. And which Jade Warshaw just wrote a book on this, but your mindset too, right? You believed a certain way of dealing with money. You believe certain principles 
We're going to get you rich. You believe this way. And so also shifting your mindset and learning new ways to handle your money. Though that, that head knowledge is important. That 20% of learning what to do with your money is still key. But why you do what you do with money is important too, which is the behavior. Yeah, it, it's, and that's one of the reasons I get so, uh, come down so hard on these people that are hope stealers. Mm-hmm. out there running around going well you just can't in america today it's there's systemic this and systemic that well there is there's also systemic success it's everywhere around you look there's systemic wealth building it happens everywhere and it's the people that plug into that system yep. instead of believing your system of socialism uh anarchy is going to solve the problem which is a bunch of crap it's just you're frustrated and you feel stuck and you lost your hope Mm-hmm. But don't spread that stuff and tell, well, you can't, it's impossible for the Gen Z. They're very frustrated because well, there they a, can't be a millionaire. Yes, they can be a millionaire. They can be a millionaire by the freaking time they're 30 if they get their crap together. Hey, I just was with a girl. She's uh, 15 years old. 15 years 15. old. Yep. Opened up a Roth IRA when she was like 10 years old because she started working mm-hmm. in her dad's company and she started doing all this and she did the calculations. She told me she'll be a millionaire by 30. <laughs> so I was like, well, there you go. Now, she had parents who were teaching her and helping her and encouraging this, right? So she's in an environment yeah. that that's beautiful, but I'm like... And so when she goes into some leftist communist college professor's okay. <laughs> economics class or, who says you can't do this stuff, she's going to hold up her little Roth IRA and go, or, you know, yeah. ding, 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 yeah. ding, ding. Or scrolling TikTok. And we, we played a TikTok video here last week of a guy, and he's like, the middle class, you have to make $120,000 to be middle class. Oh, what a moron. And he walked through all the numbers, you know, and some of you are like, but, you know, he had like, well, and you only have $625 left. I don't know. I don't know. And we were like, oh, my gosh, what if you invested that? Right. Like, it's the hopes. It's the attitude. It's the attitude behind it. So I think you're exactly right. When you yeah. don't believe you can. And when you teach you other can't. people that they can't, that puts you in the evil bucket. The hope stealers are evil. When you steal people's hope, that's what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I, I've been accused of being a dream killer because people call up with bizarre crap and I tell them not to do it. Uh, that's not a dream killer. That is a nightmare avoidance yes. instructor. Yeah. That's different than killing a dream. I'm killing a nightmare. So, But but there's a difference in that. There's a, Instead of saying, no matter what you do, you're screwed. That's right. That's right. And, and you're not. You're not. You don't have to drive that car. You don't have to wear that shirt. You don't have to carry that purse. You don't have to wear those shoes. You do not have to do any of that to be a quality human and to build wealth. You can do, as a matter of fact, the less of a bunch of that stuff I just listed you do, the faster you're going to build wealth because all of those things are consumption. And so, you know, this this idea that uh, you can get away from, you can ignore your personal character, you can ignore toxic relationships, toxic work environments, and still get ahead, that you can ignore the fact that your spouse is spending money faster than you can make it. That's a relationship breakdown. You cannot ignore those things. We did not interview a single millionaire that said, I became a millionaire in spite of my spouse. You know? Yeah. I... you know, I did did talk to one guy. He said I lost 110 pounds. I divorced her. But <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> fix that. But I'm oh my gosh. But he did. You or can't, she lost you can't 250 carry them. pounds. You can't carry. Um, I know, but she. You can't carry them into it. You can't yeah, carry them into. That's it. right. That's right. You got. They, they, everybody's got to be working together. It's hard. These are, these are things we know. And and again, 
that's not a hope stealer comment. That's a that's to me, that's the challenge that if you find yourself in a situation and you are married and you guys are on completely separate pages, let this be a challenge to say, hey, get on the same page. Not just to build wealth, but your quality of your relationships. Yeah, again, absolutely. money's just a tool. Your the quality of the relationship will be better. Like all of this fits together. And so it is. It's it's oh, it's so crucial. It's it, so crucial. Yeah, if you don't get the the elements of behavior going, you there is not a product. There's not a mutual fund. There's not a technique. There's not a, a TikTok video that's going to help you if you don't get the thing, the elements of behavior, your spiritual walk, your emotional and psychological health, your ability to set boundaries with toxic people in and around you, including your family, your quality of your marriage, the unity, the fact that we're in lockstep and both working towards a high-definition vision dream that we want to live together you cannot avoid that stuff as a matter of fact if you do all of that stuff and do some of the math wrong you'll still be okay but you can't do the math all right and do all that wrong and make it it won't work this is the ramsey show rachel cruz ramsey personality is my co-host vincent is in new york city hi vincent how are you Good afternoon. Yourself? Better than I deserve. How can we help? So, uh, was just to piggyback off what you were saying a few moments ago about uh, behavior being 80%, um, in my own particular situation, I'm up to baby step number six. And Great. Uh, about my own particular behavior towards baby step number six, I'm at a bit of a, um, we'll say a question mark, if you will, in the sense that I stepped backward. My wife and I were homeowners and uh, no debt at all. We have a substantial portfolio and I take it a step backward from aggressively paying down our mortgage, which is at an interest rate of Uh, 2.875%. And instead I use that excess funds that I could be paying towards the mortgage for investments. And I save and invest that money rather than put it towards the mortgage. Now, I'm wondering if, given our individual circumstance, if that is uh, an acceptable alternative if we're not putting it towards the mortgage. Acceptable alternative is a big phrase. Um, yeah, it's acceptable. I mean, you know, you're, you're investing. You're not consuming. You're doing that. Is it what we would do? No, we would not do that. Um, but the, uh, but, but, you know, are you, you know, are you going to end up broke because you're doing that? No, no, you're not. Um, but, uh, the, the fallacy in your, uh, theory is that, uh, if you, the way you can test a theory like this is, um, multiply it a hundred X and see how it makes you feel. Okay. So how much is your mortgage balance? I have two. Two ninety nine less on it. Two hundred ninety nine thousand. Okay. So if somebody came up and said, uh, "I'll loan you thirty million dollars at two percent," would you do that, or does that take your breath? Away, or does that take your breath away a little bit? Yeah, I, I would not do that. Okay, because and the reason it takes your breath away a little bit is the, only when I expand it that far did you feel that debt equals risk. 
right now it's so manageable and so small in your world as a ratio in your world that you're not sensing that there's any risk associated with it. Um, and, and, uh, another way to prove that would be to go the other direction. If you paid off your mortgage today Mm -hmm. and you had the opportunity to go get another mortgage a year from now at 2%, would you take a paid for house and go borrow money at 2%? Most people will say no, but if you're, if you're truly believing the math that you pitched, you would say yes. Right. You there? Yes. No, I'm with you. I understand. I, so my theory, I think goes towards as well that maybe over the course of time, if I continue this long-term, maybe I'll generate a better return. You will. Long-term. You will. You will. But you're, you're the, the tightness between your shoulder blades because you have a mortgage on the home where your children live and your dog lives and your cat lives and your wife lives is, uh, is not measurable in math. And so when you pay off a mortgage, people breathe deeper. They have a different feeling about the grass in the backyard when they walk through it without their shoes on. And those are quantifiable only over an, an, a large amount of money and a large amount of time. Mm-hmm. You don't sense it, though, because I'm guessing you have a portfolio, probably, Vincent, of $10 million or more. And so this 300000 owed on your house is chump change. It's really not in your world. It's not enough to make you upset one way or the other. Mm-hmm. So, But I'll stick with our process and because it's brought me great joy to have no mortgage. And if you have the non-retirement assets, which I suspect you do to pay off that mortgage today, I'd pay it off today. But I'm okay. We'll still be friends if you want to keep a 2% mortgage. You know, it's, it's funny. just not what we teach or believe or how we live. Yeah, and in the same example, but lowered some, so not for Vincent, but other people listening, like we have some friends and, and they make great money. Like they do totally fine and they've always had car payments, but they can, I mean, it's such a small part of their overall world. They're like, that's oh, not a big deal. It's not a big deal. Well, last year, for the first time, they bought a car with cash. And they're kind of joking with me. They're like, okay, we're going to just try it your way. Let's see. And we were texting like two months later. And he said in our group text, he was like, I will never get a car payment again. He was like, I never realized what it felt like to have, even if you can manage the payment, what it felt like to have that leave every month. And then the fact with this car, we're going to drive it for so much longer because usually when the loan was up, we'd get a new car and we'd start back in this cycle. And I didn't realize that we were in this. It's like this light bulb turns on when you actually live it. Yeah. And and that's the thing. And that, guy, I'm like, that guy, you know, is a sophisticated guy you're talking about. Oh, he's yeah. Not a, oh, very smart. He's not a. They make a lot of I mean, serious they're great. money. Yeah, like, they're serious great. Money. They're great. It's not that big of a deal. So to Vincent, you know, what we're expecting or assuming about you is it's not that big of a $300,000 yeah. mortgage. It's not. But I'm telling you, when you do it, you're like, oh, crap. I never knew that's really what it was. I didn't realize what it I was carrying. Yeah, what I was carrying around and didn't even know because it's just normal. So yeah. I would pay it off, Vincent. If you get mad at us, then just get a HELOC or something. Get, yeah. You can get back into debt. Well, interest rates come down, get you a new mortgage if you don't like being debt free. That's right. That's right. But I'd pay it off tomorrow. That's what I would do. Hey, it's a good discussion, though. Thank you for calling in. John's with us. John's in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Hi, John. How are you? Hi, Dave. Um, I wanted to ask you what you would do if you were me. So I'm 42 years old, and I've realized that I've been an idiot with my money. Uh, for the first half of my life, I spent my money on stuff that was ridiculous. I didn't invest it. And life smacked me in the face a few months ago and let me know that I need to start thinking about my financial future now. Otherwise, when I get old, 
I'm going to be in trouble. What, so, what, what smacked you? I'm curious. What was the wake-up call? Not having any money at all. Uh, I don't own any property. I mean, what? And, but, but, but what? Why did it suddenly be a thing? You said a few months ago, life smacked me. Did a certain thing happen? Well, um, basically, uh, all I know to say is that uh, um, I just didn't have any money. You just got disgusted. I, okay, that's fine. That's that's a good I answer. With myself. Okay, so I what's your question? How can we myself. help you? How can we help you? So I make around eighty thousand a year. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got I've got about twelve thousand dollars worth of debt, and I'm basically caught between two paths. I know it won't take me long to pay this debt off. Good, but I'm trying to decide if I should then focus on saving for a house and paying for it in cash, not taking on any debt, because I've been reading your book, The Money Makeover, and I I, I absolutely detest debt now and i don't want to have any part of it anymore for the rest of my life but i thought about either just buying the house where are you living now paying for it in cash i'm sorry where are you living now uh i live in bluffton indiana no, i mean what are, what, what are you, you renting an apartment you live in your friend's basement where do you live i mean what kind of living situation i rent, I, I rent an apartment okay all right all right and what price range home would you buy and out of $80,000, how quick can you pay cash for one? Well, if I really buckle down and been saving hard, which is what I have been doing, I could probably save 50000 a year. So I'm thinking in four years, I could probably pay cash for 100000 to maybe $150,000 house. Four years times 50 is 200000 Yeah. Well, what I was going to say was I could save an additional fifty for uh, like an emergency fund for expenses on the house that may come up, you know, down the road, a hot water heater goes out or, or whatever. I love it. Do the it. Second, yeah. The second option I thought, I know the trucking business has been doing this for 15 years. The other option I thought about doing was buying my own semi truck, paying for that in cash because being an owner operator, uh, provided I had the right emergency fund in place, uh, I can make some serious money very, very quickly. Yeah. I think I probably would do both, pay cash for a house and pay cash for a truck. It's just a matter of which one to do first. And then you can I decide that. I'm okay either way. I love your wake-up call, though. I love where you are. Your head's in a really good space, John. You're going to be in a great shape in about four years. It's going to be great. Way to go, man.